Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. by your inspiration, we may think those things that are right, and by your merciful guiding may do them. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. reading from the first book of Samuel. All the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, You are old, and your sons do not follow in your ways. Appoint for us then a king to govern us like other nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to govern us. Samuel prayed to the Lord, and the Lord said to Samuel, Listen to the voice of the people in all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me 
from being king over them, just as they have done to me from the day I brought them out of Egypt to this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so also they are doing to you. Now then, listen to their voice. Only you shall solemnly warn them and show them the ways of the king who shall reign over them. So Samuel reported all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking him for a king. He said, These will be the ways of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them to his chariots and to be his horsemen and to run before his chariots. He will take your male and female slaves and the best of your cattle and donkeys and put them to his work. He will take one-tenth of your flocks, and you shall be his slaves. And in that day, you will cry out because of your king, whom you have chosen for yourselves. But the Lord will not answer you in that day. But the people refused to listen to the voice of Samuel. They said, No! But we are determined to have a king over us, so that we may also be like other nations, and that our king may govern us, and go out before us, and fight our battles. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. toward your holy temple and praise your name. For you have glorified your name. When I called, you answered me. All the kings of the earth will praise you, O Lord. They will sing of the ways of the Lord. Though the Lord be high, he cares for the lowly. He Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you keep me safe. The Lord will make good his purpose for me.
reading from the second letter of Paul to the Corinthians. Just as we have the same spirit of faith that is in accordance with scripture, I believed and so I spoke, we also believe and so we speak because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and will bring us with you into his presence. Yes, everything is for your sake, so that grace, as it extends to more and more people, may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So we do not lose heart, even though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure. Because we look not at what can be seen, but at what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. The word of the Lord. Thanks. Thanks.
And his family heard it. They went out to the stadium. Well, people were saying, he has gone out of his mind. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, he has I speak to you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. One Sunday, a Sunday school teacher was teaching children who were about five or six years old about the Ten Commandments. And she was explaining about the commandment to honor thy father and thy mother. And then she asked, is there a commandment that teaches us how to treat our brothers and sisters. And without skipping a beat, a little boy stood up, he waved his hands, and he said, Thou shalt not kill. <laughs> Just who are our brothers and our sisters? Families are funny things. Leo Tolstoy, the great Russian author and mystic, wrote in the very first line of his wonderful novel, Anna Karenina, all happy families are alike. Each unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. There's a great deal of truth and wisdom in that statement. Families are not easy, even in the best of circumstances. The word family is what one of my seminary professors would call a heavily freighted word. 
other words, it carries a great deal of emotional baggage, some good and some not so good, depending on our own particular family experiences and our circumstances. As we grow up, matured, and sometimes get knocked around a bit by life, we may discover that what constitutes family may gradually change, expands, it deepens far beyond our blood relations, or maybe even replaces them. Jesus' unsettling remarks about family in today's Gospel reading it's both shocking and comforting at the same time. Jesus challenges to see each other as a brother or as a sister, embracing the reality of our interconnectedness to each other as fellow human beings. It's early in Jesus' ministry, and already he's created quite a scandal in his hometown. It's just called the Twelve of his inner circle, a rather motley crew at best that includes several simple fishermen, a tax collector that everyone loves to hate, and a physician that is a Gentile, not even a Jew. Jesus has already healed the sick and the lame without any regard for their social standing or lack of. He and his followers eat without washing their hands, and they continue to do the good works even on the Sabbath. Jesus' radical acts of compassion, of healing, and openness are unsettling at best. And at the worst, they set to upset this delicate balance in the status quo in this part of an occupied territory. His unorthodox actions cut sharply against the grain of the very strictly circumscribed mores of this ancient Middle Eastern society. The local religious leaders, the scribes, are deeply agitated. They're worried as they witness all of this from the sidelines, as the growing crowds that follow Jesus increase and they hang on his every single word. They are threatened by the extraordinary effect this beloved son of Mary and Joseph from Nazareth has on these teeming crowds. The misfits, the poor, the sick, the social outcasts. These are the ones who are pushed to the margins of society. But at the same time, they are painfully aware of their own brokenness and their need for healing. They understand who Jesus really is. They know he is the one that can make them whole. And so they are intent to follow him wherever he goes. How ironic and tragic that those closest to him, his own family members, and those most like him, the scribes who are steeped in the knowledge of the Holy Scripture, they have no idea who Jesus is. When the scribes accuse Jesus of being possessed by demonic forces, they reveal their own ignorance. They reveal their lack of understanding of how the Holy Spirit is working in the lives of those who are following Jesus. 
They mistake the inbreaking of the Spirit for evil and madness. How tragic. Jesus is livid. He turns to the scribes and angrily calls them out. They are the ones who have committed the ultimate blasphemy because they cannot tell the difference between evil forces and the power of the Holy Spirit working in this world. They are so blinded by their own pious legalism, they can't see that the very man sitting in front of them is from God. As such, they are the ones that have committed the unforgivable sin, refusing to accept the flow of God's love into the world. Jesus' family sees the angry look in the eyes of the scribes, and they fear for his physical safety. But truth be told, his family is terribly embarrassed. Their beloved son and brother has caused a horrendous scene right in their hometown where everybody knows everybody's business. Several folks, including his own family members, think Jesus is a bit touched, maybe a bit crazy or simply out of his mind to behave in such an unorthodox manner. Why would he be so cruel to turn his back on his own family? when all they did was want to urge him to come home and stop this foolishness. Instead, Jesus makes things even worse. He asks, who are my mother and my brothers and my sisters? Then he turns and points to the crowd, pressing in on him, the leper, the man with the withered hand, the tax collector, the misfits, the widowed, the orphaned, and his disciples, who always seem a bit clueless. And with his hand, he reaches out and he sweeps amongst this crowd and he says, this is my family. These are my mothers, my sisters, and my brothers. They follow the will of God. And everyone who does likewise is part of God's family. If we could fast forward this scene today, we might see, excuse me, we might see folks from AA meetings, self-help, bereavement groups. The crowd might include a group of single mothers who struggle to make ends meet working two or three jobs at a time. They would include immigrants and refugees from all over the world who are determined to make a new life for themselves starting over with a little bit of nothing. In the crowd, you would find military veterans who are without limbs, paralyzed, or disfigured from their combat tours in the Middle East. There would be folks whose struggles may not be apparent from the outside, but in the inside, you know very well they are having incredible battles with depression, anxiety, or suicidal thoughts. The crowd would include transgender teens and adults who are desperate, looking for a loving and supportive community. And there would be elderly who are literally dying from loneliness. And most assuredly in this crowd, there would be the children 
many living in war zones who are orphaned and maimed because they have never known a day of peace in their life. These are the folks that follow Jesus. This wonderful, messy, imperfect, but most holy gathering of human souls coming in all shapes, colors, and sizes. These are our mothers, our brothers, and our sisters. They are us. We are all family. Not because of our DNA, but because we are bound together in our human brokenness and our human yearning to be healed, to be made whole, to welcome the Holy Spirit breaking into our lives as we strive to follow Jesus. One of my earliest memories is going to the fish market in Japan with our housekeeper, Yoshiko. I consider her my very first friend. She would take my hand and we would walk all around the smelly fish markets. And before going home, she would always bag me, buy me a little tiny bag of rice crackers as a special treat. I remember her smile, her kindness, and her gentleness, which means everything for a three-year-old. Even though she only spoke Japanese, we surely did not look alike, and we came from very different cultures. Yoshiko was like a mother to me. She was my mother, and I loved her. She was my family. We are all part of God's family, no matter where we come from, no matter what we've experienced. We are part of a family where we belong to each other, and as Paul encourages not to lose heart as we stumble along and seek the healing love that we can only find in Jesus. This is the mystery of grace that has been given each and every one of us. Jesus calling us to come forward, to be part of his circle of love, because we are part of God's family. Amen. We believe in one God. Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down heaven, by the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, 
He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Almighty God, ruler of heaven and earth, you have raised us into your eternal life and brought into Christ's family all who do your will. When we call, you answer us and increase our strength within us. Hear us as we pray for the needs of your creation, saying, May good your purpose for us. O God, your love endures forever. You have filled the church with your spirit, O Holy One, and you renew us day by day. Empower our desire and mission to serve others, so that your grace may be known to more and more people. Make good your purpose for us. God, your love endures forever. Almighty One, reveal your love and glory to those who exercise power and authority as we pray that they will turn away from their deeds of pride, greed, and violence, so that all the rulers of the earth may seek peace. May good your purpose for us. God, your love endures forever. Visit this community with your compassion and your grace, that we may glorify your name and your word in all that we do. Make good your purpose for us. O God, your love endures forever. Do not abandon the works of your hands. Look upon those who walk in the midst of trouble to keep them safe and out of harm's way. Make good your purpose for us. O God, your love endures forever. We do not lose heart as we pray for those who need our intercession especially those on our parish prayer list. We know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and will bring us into his presence. Hear our prayers for those who have died, that they may enter into God's eternal peace. Make good your purpose for us. O God, your love endures forever. We believe, and so we pray, O God, that your glory may enter our lives and infuse the world with the power of the resurrection. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor.
most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will <coughs> to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Good morning, please be seated. A hearty and heartfelt welcome to St. John's. If you're new or if you haven't been here in a while, please feel free to fill out a pew card in the pew hanging in front of you, and you can put it in the offering plate. At the coffee hour, it'd be nice if you invite someone you haven't seen before to have coffee in the Harvard Hall, which is right over here. So uh, again, welcome to St. John's. We are switching to our summer schedule. So beginning next Sunday, which is Father's Day, June 17th, we will have our 9 o'clock only in the morning and the 5 o'clock in the Cloister Garden. And I must shout out to uh, Wes Winterbottom and Beth. They helped incredibly. And newcomers Carla and Jacob Kostipas. I'm not sure I'm saying that right. They're sitting in the very back. They came over and worked very, very hard to spruce up our cloister garden to get ready for our five o'clock service. I call the flip-flop service, because you can come however you are and enjoy the beauty of God's creation and worship, and we'll have wine and cheese in the portico afterwards. It's a way to get to know you. We have also a bittersweet time at the end of the year is to say goodbye to those who have really added so much to our worship here, and those are our Kohler Scholars, so I'm going to ask Scott to come forward. Good morning. Um, so yes, at the end of the uh, choir season, which is today, we are sadly saying goodbye to our entire choir for the entire summer, which is, uh, I think we, they all deserve a nice break, but if, if you would please join me in thanking them for all the wonderful music they have shared throughout this entire year.
will sing number 99 and 100 of the 100 anthems they've learned for this whole season, which is pretty much pretty, a, a pretty great accomplishment and as well as a way to connect us more deeply with our faith and, and our worship. So I'm grateful for them for doing that for me. So thank you. Liv, get your crutches. You're going to have to come up in just a second. So today we say goodbye to three of our choral scholars. Our choral scholars form the professional backbone of our, our adult choir and um, have been a sort of transitional place in people's lives. In other words, they're here to learn as well as to teach. And um, so they have been with us, these three that are departing have been with us through a portion of their educational time and are moving on to other things. So uh, Liz, come on up first. She'll take, she needs a little bit more time, hurt herself and has crutches. So Liz has been our alto choral scholar for several years and uh, has been a student at heart. Come up first. Come on, up front. She didn't hurt at singing, I, I guarantee. Not a singing injury. This is not a workman's comp situation. Um, and has uh, worked with our children uh, quite a bit as a, as a theory teacher in the youth choir and has just been a light and love to have. She is going off to New York City to be in an internship program for uh, music production and will be hopefully getting a job there in the fall and so we're gonna be very sad to lose her. Um, in addition, Julia Faust, who's been our soprano uh, choral scholar this past year, come on up. Has, um, has been in the youth choir and moved into a one-year position as soprano choral scholar as she's uh, heading off to Berkeley School of Music to pursue a degree this fall. And so we're, we're again sad to lose her, but very happy for where she's headed. And finally, Nick Filippides, who's been in our bass section since before I've been here, started as a college student in our choir, graduated college, is now a choral director at, um, at Brantford High School and directs a uh, a community choir down there and his uh, commitments down on the shore have taken life into a place where he can't be with us every week and we're sad about that but again understand um, and so these folks have just added so much to our music and have learned how to be church people have uh, uh, had their faith grow through the music that we all sing together and taught our adult choir and kids so much so I have a little present to give each of them and I, I just hope you'll join me in thanking them many, many ways. At this point, I would like to call up our missionaries. We have six young people who are going to Dominican Republic. Teddy, Naomi, Meg, Britt, and Dylan. Eddie. There's, Ed, there's Eddie. <laughs> I also would like to call up the adults who are going, these brave adults who are going with them. David and Marion, and uh, where's Mary? Mary Stripko. All right. This is a new chapter in the life of St. John's. We have not done this before. Please come up, please. And, um, yeah, there we've got our t shirts. We have
have never sent children to do mission work before. And so this is a first. And so we are so proud of each and every one of them. They're going down to Dominican Republic and they're going to be helping to teach 400 kids vacation Bible school. So they are really giving a portion of themselves uh, in new ways. They're going to meet their brothers and their sisters they don't even know yet. And they're going to come back changed for the better, having seen a different part of the world and expanding their idea of what it means to be family. So we're going to send them off with a blessing and also a big thanks to David Beers and Marion and Mary as our adult sponsors. They're going with a bunch of other Episcopalians from Connecticut. Uh, but still, we are so very, very proud of each and every one of them. And to help send you off, we're giving you these special t-shirts that were designed by Meg, right? And uh, with your luggage tag on there, I think, yeah. So this way you can also keep track of your group because you always have to count Naomi, Marion, Dylan, Mary, and Eddie. There you go. Okay. Please pray with me. Gracious God, your son, before he ascended into glory, declared that your people would receive the power from the Holy Spirit to bear witness to him to the ends of the earth. Be present with Teddy, Naomi, Meg, Eddie, Brent, Dylan, Mary, David, and Marion, as they go forth in God's name to serve the children of the Dominican Republic. Let your love be visible through their presence. Give them courage, patience, and vision, and strengthen them in their Christian vocation as witnesses to the world and of service to others. Let your light so shine before them that they may see their good works and give glory to God. We commend to God all this good work and we pledge our prayers of encouragement and support. Protect them all the day long and bring them safely home. In the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you always. Amen. Thank you all. So we will be giving you updates and uh, through our various social media so you can keep track of the good work they're doing and you'll have a report after they come back to see how well things have gone. We also are continuing for our community garden. Uh, we are hopefully, we're going to be having some produce pretty soon and we will have a small farmer's market set out in the front on Saturdays to give this good food away. We will have healing ministers at the font. If you would like a prayer for yourself or a blessing for someone else, please come forward during communion for that. Wherever you are in your life, whatever you're struggling with, whatever that may be, know that you're welcome to come forward and to know that this table is not the church's table, it's not the priest's table, it's God's table, and all are welcome. So walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God.
Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. For you are the source of light and life. You made us in your image and called us to new life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Gracious Father, in your infinite love, you made us for yourself. And when we had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, you in your mercy sent Jesus Christ, your only and eternal Son, to share our human nature, to live and die as one of us, to reconcile us to you, the God and Father of all. He stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself in obedience to your will, a perfect sacrifice for the whole world. On the night he was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. We celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Recalling his death, resurrection and ascension, we offer you these gifts. Sanctify them by your Holy Spirit to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, the holy food and drink of new and unending life in him, 
sanctify us also, that we may faithfully receive this holy sacrament and serve you in unity, constancy, and peace. And at the last day, bring us with all your saints into the joy of your eternal kingdom. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you. Feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart through Christ our Lord. Amen. The blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. <laughs>